If you've got a Bible, you can open up to Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, you're the man. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, and then we'll be in verse 15. And so uh, as you turn there, if you have it, and if you are able, would you please stand this morning as we honor the reading of God's Word. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. All right. Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for your word. I pray that it speak to us today, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Uh, you guys can be seated. Um, it's such a weird time of year, like I, I feel like as a pastor, because you don't really want to start anything new just yet, right? Because not everybody's back from, from, from vacation. Not yet. Next week. Uh, and so uh, I just thought, man, the best thing to do is this week and next week, we're just going to talk a little bit about stewardship and what that means and stewarding our time. What, what better way to talk about time than the day after New Year's? Uh, and then next week, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about stewarding our money. Uh, and then January 16th, I'm looking forward to it because we'll start the book of 1 Samuel. Uh, and so we're going to spend quite a bit of time going through that book. And uh, most likely, we'll jump right over and just do First and Second Samuel because... Uh, by the time 1 Samuel ends, we're just getting to all the good stuff, right? So we want to get into 2 Samuel too. So um, I was listening to a song, or I listen to one every winter. And in the song, the, the artist says this. He says, when you're young, it takes forever for Christmas to come around. But when you're older, it comes around the corner faster than a greyhound. Or who could forget the great theologian Hootie and the Blowfish? I had a song called Time. Does anybody remember that song? And then remember when he opens it up, time, you know, he drags it out. And then he says, why you punish me? And it's kind of got some truth to it. Because doesn't time punish us to an extent? I mean, remember, when, 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 when we're growing up, when we're young, we all think that time just goes, like, just drags on, don't we? I mean, I know 15 minutes for my kids seems like an eternity. They, they, they can't sit still. It's just like, is it, is it over? Is it over? Is it over? Is it over? As we get older, we think junior high, we think high school, it's going to last forever, that there is absolutely no end in sight. When am I going to get out of here? When's Coach Black going to leave me alone, right? All those things. Then something happens. We grow up. We get jobs. And suddenly, it does not seem like there's enough time in the day to get everything done. Amen? Like you're like, I need more hours. But then when it gets really crazy is when the babies get here. Because suddenly now time begins to fly and we're just reaching out trying to grab more of it because it's going so fast. Seriously, in my notes right here, I have this. I have an 11-year-old and then I have, I have a 7-year-old. And I was looking at that this morning and I went, wait a minute, Lucy, how old are you? And Lucy goes, Daddy, I'm 8. Oh, so I had to mark that out and put, oh man, I have an 8-year-old and a 4-year-old. And I just demonstrated, like I already feel like I've missed so much. And I know... A lot of you are looking at me going, wait, buddy, they're not even in high school yet. It'll go really fast when they get there. But then the kids leave, and all of a sudden we have an empty nest. Then you blink, you have grandkids, blink again. You've got great-grandkids, blink again. You're looking towards the end of your journey. We've all heard the expression, uh, long days and fast years. And it's very, very true. And I think that's most of our experience. In the book of James, Jesus' brother says this. He says, what is your life? For you're a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Good way to, 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 to put that verse into practice is walk outside right now and just go, whew, it's there, 
it's gone. That's our life. Our lives, as the psalmist says in Psalm 90.10, Joe read it earlier, the years of our life are 70 or by reason of strength 80, yet their span is but toil and trouble, and they're soon gone, and we fly away. So our lives are short. That's the point I'm trying to make. And since they're short, that means that God has a lot of concern with how we steward our time, the time that he's given us. Now, the word steward, it's, it's not somebody's name. It's an old word. It's a word we don't use anymore, but it's a really good word. Stewardship just simply means the care and management of that which belongs to another. The care and management of that which belongs to another. So we speak a lot of times as if uh, things belong to us. But the Apostle Paul is real quick to tell us in 1 Corinthians 4, 7, what does he say? What do you have that you did not receive? In other words, everything in your life from your time, from your talent, from your treasure, to your kids, to your job, like all the things in our life are things that have been given to you. Those things belong to God. And we are responsible for caring for those things until God requires those things from us. And so our time is a gift from God. We're to manage it, care for it, use it wisely until the day God requires it for us. So how do we do that? That's all I want to talk about this morning. January, what is it, 2nd? 2022, how do we do that? Well, any discussion on stewardship must always begin first and foremost with the gospel. You have to start there. Remember, the gospel is a lot more than just your ticket to heaven. The gospel is a message that changes our eternal destination, yes and amen, but it transforms your, transforms your mind and your heart here and now. So, so just in a sentence, the gospel is this is that a holy God sends his righteous son to die for unrighteous sinners so we can be holy and live with God forever. That's the gospel in one sentence. That message, once rightly believed, then changes not just our relationship with God, but then our relationship with everything else. Because then the gospel becomes the fuel for the Christian life. See, one of the most reliable evidences that we have been saved or that we've been converted is that we then begin to look for ways to steward what God has given us. So we steward our time. We manage it well for the kingdom. We steward our money and our resources well for the kingdom because all those things are gifts given to us by God who gave us the greatest gift in sending his son to die for our sins. Amen? All right. See, the sin in our lives makes us selfish and it makes us wasteful. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, He says, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. But once we believe the gospel and we trust in Jesus, the gospel then shows us that knowing Christ is more important and valuable than just using our time and our resources for ourselves. The gospel causes us to use those things to meet the spiritual needs of others, to help them hear the gospel, know the gospel, to believe in Jesus Christ. And so we start with the gospel because if if we don't, then everything you're going to do will be for selfish motives. Then you're going to walk out of here and go, well, I'm going to use my time really good just so God will love me and so I can get into heaven. And it turns into works righteousness. It turns into you saying, hey, I'm going to earn my place before God. I'm going to earn all these things so that God will love me. And that's not love for God, that's love for yourself. That's self-love. That's saying, hey, I'm doing all these things just for me because it's all about me. See, the gospel causes us to to live from a heart that says, because Christ gave everything for me, my only response is to give everything for him. It's a life that lives in response to what has been done for you, all right? So that's where we start. It starts with Jesus. We got to start there. In December of 1734, 
Jonathan Edwards, the, the great Puritan, he preached a sermon entitled, and, and these titles are amazing, like mine are always so short, but his title was this, The Preciousness of Time and the Importance of Redeeming It. And in his sermon, he says that time is precious, that we're to use it wisely, and then Edwards gives us four reasons why. Four reasons why we should use our time wisely, all right? So number one is this. Edwards says we use time wisely because the days are evil. Jenny read this to us just a moment ago in, in Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. Paul says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. That's a good verse for 2022, right? Because the days are evil. Now, we don't, expect, or we, we don't live in the kind of persecution or opposition that we're known by Christians in Paul's day, or at least we don't right now. Uh, but the world we live in is not conducive for us using our time wisely, is it? Especially, listen, especially when it comes to godliness. There are great thieves of time in this world. And, and what I need you to see is that they're all spiritual. All those thieves of time, it's a spiritual battle that is being waged for your affections. Every single day, there is all this going on around us, and it's all spiritual, right? And so those battles range from, from social media, like the amount of time that, that we just spend scrolling and looking at things. So for some of you, it's, it's Facebook, right? Baby boomers and all those great recipes. Still waiting, Baker. Um, that, you posted something about a cake the other day. I'm waiting on it, all right? All those recipes you're never going to make. Um, for some of us like me, it's Twitter. I love information and in small bites, and I can absorb it really, really quickly. And Twitter is not good for somebody like me because I can go, oh, man, 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 man. Okay? For some of you, it's TikTok. Good grief. That is a time waster in itself right there. Right? The amount of time we get on those things, just scrolling through, peering into other people's lives, looking at their highlight reel, or the amount of time some of us spend trying to make our lives good, right? So we want the picture to look good, so we dope the kids up on Benadryl, and like, you better smile! Right? And all the while, everybody's going, man, I've seen their kids then. No! There's no way that's true. We do it too, okay? I know. What about Television. Right, we spend hours binging shows. Like, like if Hollywood came to you and said, hey, we got this new movie, it's 10 hours long. There's not one of you that would go, oh, sign me up, I'm gonna go sit in a the theater for 10 hours. But if they go, hey, here's the deal, we got a 10 hour movie, we're gonna break it into one hour segments. Oh man, I'm in! Yeah, huh, huh? Some of y'all get that one on the way home. Because you'll sit there and you'll binge it for 10 hours. One hour at a time, one hour at a time. Listen, and all those things, all those things. I do it, you do it. But that's a spiritual thing going on. Because Satan knows that, hey, instead of us using our time wisely, he can go, Netflix. And we're off. We're over here. We're, we're doing something else instead of using the time that God's given us. Right? Edwards talks about how we, we spend our time in idle talk is the words he uses. So conversations that they're not helpful to you. They're not helpful to me. They're not helpful to anyone. And the reason why is that because of our sinfulness, we would rather be lazy. We would rather pursue something easy rather than godliness. And you can apply that to any area of your life. If it's easy, then it's probably not worth it. Every good thing comes through the hard stuff. See, if we don't discipline our use of time for godliness, these evil days will do it for us. These evil days will keep us from becoming godly. 
So we use our time wisely because remember, the days are evil. But two, Edward says this. He says, wise use of time is preparation for eternity. Wise use of time is preparation for eternity. So we must prepare for eternity. There's not gonna be any second chance when it's over. So there's a specific day on the calendar for all of us in this room when our preparation for eternity will be over. For all of us, right? It got Betty White this week. Almost made it to 100, man. She was that close. But it got her. When God says it's time, you will be called to either heaven or hell. And listen, there's no in-between. There is no such place as purgatory where you will spend your days doing penance and trying to do enough to get out so that you can go be in heaven. Show me the verse in the Bible. You can't find it. It's not there. There's no such thing. You either go to heaven or you go to hell. There is no in-between. It's eternal glory with Jesus or eternal hell and punishment with Satan. So whether you experience joy or punishment depends on what you do with moments like these. 2 Corinthians 6, 2, Paul says, Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So if this is an unsettled matter for you, you need to settle it by trusting in Jesus today. Stop saying, hey, I'll do it next week or I'll do it in a few years. Because when you do that, really what you're saying is I I don't want to submit to Jesus. I like my life. I like the way things are going. And I like doing them my way. And I don't want to surrender. So today, if you don't know Jesus, as we've already spoken of the gospel, please put your trust in Jesus. You have no more guarantee of time. So you need to settle that today. So we steward our time well because the days are evil. We steward it well because it's preparation for eternity. But number three... We steward our time because Edwards tells us time's short. Time is short. The more scarce something is, the more valuable it is. So if diamonds could just be picked up like rocks, they would be completely worthless. Edwards says that there is nothing more precious, yet nothing of which men are more prodigal than time. See, time wouldn't be precious if we never died. But since we're always one breath away from death, the way we use our time has significance. Remember, we're vapor. We're there today. We're gone tomorrow. The the reason that you can remember certain vivid memories from childhood is not because of the strength of your memory. I know some of you, your memory's not that good. It's not because your mind is just that strong. The reality is it didn't happen that long ago. If you take 10 years and you just shrink it down to 120 months, All of a sudden, that's a decade. That's quick. It seems a lot faster when you look at it that way. So no matter how long you think you have to develop into godliness, it isn't much. So we use our time well because time is short. So we steward it well because uh, the days are evil. We steward it well because it's preparation for eternity. We steward it well because time is short. But then Edward says this. We steward it well because time is passing. 1 John 2.17 says, And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. So one of the things you've probably already been thinking about and talking about is like, hey, how am I going to save time this year? How am I going to buy myself some more time? Where's the margin that I can get in my schedule? And maybe you've downloaded an app, like my wife put some app on my phone, so now I actually know what's going on in the family and I don't have to go, I didn't know about that. Did anybody do that? Yeah, I do it all the time. Um, We do those things to try to manage our time better. But see, when we are foolish with our time or selfish with our time, we can't go back and put pages on the calendar. 
I said, the, I said earlier that the older we get, the faster time seems to go. Donald Whitney puts it this way. He says, the older I get, the more I feel as though I'm paddling on the Niagara. The closer I get to the end, the faster it comes. See, if we don't discipline our time for godliness now, in this moment, it won't be easier for us to do it later. And so what Edwards then does is he turns his attention from just giving us four reasons why we should steward our time to saying that there are some, he says, that are chiefly deserving of reproof on the preciousness of time, right? So some correction. And he says this, first one, he said, those who um, are deserving of reproof are those who spend their time in idleness. So these are the people who do nothing for the good of their souls or their bodies. They don't try to improve themselves through studying God's word or through the reading of scripture. They don't try to take care of themselves by taking care of their body that God's given them. They do nothing to benefit others. It's all about looking out for themselves. They do nothing for their family or for the church they say they love. So some of us, instead of realizing that time is precious and not to be wasted, we find ways to waste time, don't we? I can tell you right now, like when I'm not in my groove where I'm like, hey, getting up, getting the kids to school and going to work and all that, like these in-between times on break, oh, I can find, oh, I can waste some time. I mean, I can't, I'd be like, oh, I can just go organize this or go clean this or, uh, or oh, I need to go talk to this person. And, and I can find ways not to get things done that I need to get done. Some of us are just lazy, Right? Like, like, we have found ways to make it look like we're doing something, but we're really not, so we got the desk really, really messy, but it's like, ah, they're not really doing anything. You're great at taking a one-hour job and stretching it into a three-hour job. When I was a kid, we, I worked at a pig farm uh, outside of Dalhart, and uh, if, if you know those big pig farms, you know, they, they have all those sites, and they're spread apart, like, five miles from each site. Uh, and the reason is, is, like, pigs are nasty, and if they get diseased, then they spread it so quickly to other pigs, and so they hope to contain it. Right, so it's like a, like a pandemic model. It's kind of cool. Um, and, so, uh, and, and so we would go, and our job was we would have to just weed eat around all these sites, keep them clean, keep them free of weeds and all that. So we would weed eat one site, and then we'd load up in the pickup, and then we'd have to drive to the other one. It's amazing how long it can take to go a couple of miles when you drive, you know, and idle. You know, you can waste a lot of time. And me and the guys I worked with, we did that, right? And that's wrong because we're just being idle. We're not using our time wisely. And so Edwards says that we need to stop being idle, stop being lazy. Two, Edwards says those in need of reproach, reproach spend much of their time at the tavern over their cups and wandering from house to house, wasting away their hours in idle and unprofitable talk, which will turn to no good talk. Modernize this for you. He's saying that that we we have a lot of people, and I think this is good for our church. We have a lot. We have a younger church, and we have a lot of us in the church that that need to grow up. We're adults. We're still not in high school. We're not in college. We've got responsibilities. We got kids, and so he's saying, grow up and stop acting like you're in college. Stop living your life that way. Some of us, what Edwards is getting at, and this goes for men and women included, and oftentimes I think men are worse than women at this, we spend way too much time in unprofitable talk, correct? Sitting around, just talking about everything that's going on around town and all the gossips and stuff like that. Edwards says there are some persons whom it would have been better for the towns where they live to have at the charge of maintaining them in doing nothing if that would have kept them in a state of inactivity. 
I think that's funny, right? In other words, it might be better for you to just people go, man, I don't, that person doesn't do anything than for you to be the busybody that you tend to be sometimes, right? So a good way to look at this is like, does drama seem to follow you around? And if it does, it's probably not the fault of the people you're with. It's probably you. So instead of talking about others, instead of gossiping, instead of running others down, we need to spend time praying for them, lifting them up in prayer. Instead of using our time talking about all our town drama, we spend it opening the scriptures and studying them together. Find someone, a friend that you know, and take them out for coffee and talk to them about life with Jesus. Talk to them about your successes and about your failures. Point them to Jesus. If you say, hey, Byron, I don't know how to do that. Well, Joe and I have got a whole bunch of resources right out here. We've been telling you about them for a couple years. A bunch of them are free. You can just go out there and say, hey, let's read this book together. It's not hard. Discipleship's not for people who have it all together. It's just one beggar telling another beggar where to get the bread. That's all it is. One of the things I've learned in, in doing this for seven years is growing a church numerically is easy. That, that's not hard. My buddy Zach Randalls used to say, man, I could just put on a monkey suit and go stand outside at Walmart and I could draw a crowd. It's not hard. You, you can get a crowd. That, that's not the hard part. Growing a mature church is the hard part. And see, I can't do that on my own. Joe can't do that on his own. We, we have to do it together. Mark Dever says discipling is just a bunch of church members taking responsibility to prepare one another for glory. That's a pretty good way to look at it. So instead of spending our time in idleness and gossip, we spend that time discipling and praying for others and helping them mature. Use that time for godliness, right? Edwards tells us the days are evil. Three, Edwards says that those who are reproved by this doctrine spend their time only in worldly pursuits, neglecting their soul. So I think this goes to all of us is that we spend way too much time worrying about the things of the world. Worrying about how to make money or worrying about how to spend more money on more stuff or worrying about how others perceive us. We've already talked about social media, whether it's Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We waste so much of our time on it doing nothing or trying to build an image for ourselves. We spend so much time trying to make ourselves great in this world. And even here in Spearman, I think most of us know, we go, hey, I'm never going to make it in Hollywood or I'm never going to be a big deal in Hollywood or a bigger town. But we will spend a lot of time trying to make ourselves great here in Spearman, won't we? I remember when I was a kid, uh, my dad would, would send me to the grocery store to get something, and I'd come back, and he'd go, hey, you see any celebrities in there? And that was just always his way of trying to talk about the people that really thought they were something special in Dalhart. You know, he called them celebrities. But there's some truth to what he was saying right there, is that we want our opinions to matter. We want people to run to us for counsel and advice. We want people to like us, and we want everybody to think, hey, we're so wonderful in this town. We want to spend money we don't have, uh, have to impress people we don't like. And we spend time doing those things. And the question I have then is, is where's that gotten us? I mean, do you have peace in your conscience? Is your soul better for it? Is that helping you in some way prepare for eternity? I mean, what do you do with all those possessions and all that acclaim when we get to heaven? Are we going to turn around and go, hey, Jesus, look at all that I got? Or, hey, man, they really thought I was something special in Spearman. Like, I was the coolest guy in town. And Jesus is going to be like, yeah, okay, that's cool, whatever. So what shall we do then with our time, right? Let me just close with this. First off is improve the present without delay. Improve the present without delay. It's the day after New Year's. Perfect time to realize that time is precious and that the eternal is far more important than the temporal. 
So we make use of our time because the days are evil. So stop waiting for conditions to improve or some better version of you to come down the pipe because, listen, it's not coming. It's just not coming. Stop that kind of thinking and let the day be the day that that you do as the psalmist says in Psalm 119.60. He says, I hasten and I do not delay to keep your commandments. So if you've trusted in Jesus for your salvation, he loves you. He's purchased not only your right standing before God, but he's also purchased your sanctification or your growing in godliness. He's making you more like his son. So allow the today to be the day that you say, hey, I want to obey the commands of the Lord. 2020 is going to be the year that I say yes to Jesus far more than I say no. I'm going to obey. And two, Edwards tells us to improve those parts of time which are most precious. So if time is precious, it's fleeting, we don't have enough of it, holy time is more precious. So that time that you and I spend personally with the Lord, that is precious time. We need to be carving that time out. We need to spend time in the scriptures, time praying. Those are good things and precious things. But equally important is our time in public worship. Edwards puts it this way. He says, therefore, above all, approve your Sabbaths, especially the time of public worship, which is the most precious part. Lose it neither in sleep or carelessness, inattention and wondering imaginations. How sottish, that just means a drunk fool. I like that word. I'm gonna start using it, sottish. How sottish are they who waste away, not only their common but holy time, yea, the very season of attendance of the holy ordinances of God. What he's saying, and it's very biblical, is that we are not to waste the time we have on Sundays together as a corporate body. It's important. Church attendance doesn't save you. We know that. We would never tell you that. But it is great evidence that you have been saved. Jay read this this morning in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. And let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. See, we can't encourage one another if we never see one another. Unless we're gathered together, we're face to face saying, hey, I love you, I'm praying for you, I want to encourage you, I want to lift you up. Now, pre-pandemic, the average full-time church member in America was twice a month, right? Now, that was pre-pandemic. I don't know what that looks like now. I know that this church, and you should be rejoicing, God has blessed us. We're a little low, but for the most part, I can look out here, and pretty much everybody that was here in 2019 has still been here, and they've come back. There are a lot of churches that has not been the case. Like, they're struggling to get people back in the doors, and I've talked to a lot of pastors. I got a buddy in St. Louis that they were about 450 people in his church, a big church, and they've not gotten above 200 since the pandemic. They just, it's struggle for them. So God has been good to us, right? But it still goes, by, uh, goes to say that, that if we love Jesus, we love his church. That means that we desire to meet and be with one another on the Lord's Day. Listen, I love Sundays. I love coming in here and being around you. I love listening to you sing. I love preaching. Uh, I always leave encouraged, even if I'm, I'm, I'm not really feeling it that day. I always leave encouraged. So redeeming the time means making corporate worship a priority. Because the reality is that church is a really bad hobby. It's a really bad hobby. But that really is what it boils down to some people, is that it just becomes a hobby where we want to go just enough for people to say, yeah, they're good people, they go to the Baptist church, but we don't want to go enough to where people see our failures and our shortcomings. Uh, We don't want to go enough to where we put ourselves in a position where people might have to hold us accountable. We like the isolation, we like the hiding, because then that's that's just easier to do, isn't it? It's easier to hide. It's easier to, to avoid really getting to know somebody and letting somebody get to know you. 
So let me just ask you this question then. Where are you wasting your time? As Edward says, we should wake up and live every day as if we'll give an account to God for how we spend the day. And I think that's really, really good advice. Because remember, we're just stewarding what God has already given us. The time we have, it's not ours. It's been given to us by God. So if you've trusted in Jesus for salvation, our response is then to live lives from that truth. To live lives that say, hey, because I'm loved and accepted by Jesus, I'll live for him. And so if you're sitting in here today and you're feeling convicted, uh, maybe some grief, I don't know, over wasting so much time, I know I am. I've got areas I can improve on. I don't want you to leave here hanging your head. Don't, don't leave here going, oh man, I'm, I'm such a horrible person. No, lift your head and look to Jesus. Look to the one who died, who offers forgiveness and grace and improve the time that remains. Do as the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3, 13 through 14. He says, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forget what lies behind. Right? 2021's in the past, forget it. And strain forward to what lies ahead and press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Time's precious, time's fleeting. We're called to redeem it and make the most of it because the days are evil. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you so much for this day and I thank you for a new year. Uh, Father, I pray that, that 2022 be a great year and I pray for uh, blessings upon the people in this room and that it be uh, a good year for their family. Father, I pray that all of us today would just take stock of where we're at and realize that we all have areas where we could improve in stewarding our time wisely for you. Thank you that you've loved us. Thank you that you sent Jesus to die for us. Thank you for the forgiveness of sins that's found in him. And so, Father, because of that message and because of what he's done, help us to live lives for Jesus and because of Jesus. So give us opportunities in the coming years to steward our time well toward the benefit of others so that others could come to know you and love you and grow in holiness and grow in godliness. Give us opportunities to spend those time, uh, that time wisely with each other. Father, I thank you for this church. Thank you for how you've blessed it. Thank you so much for where we're at in 2022, uh, that, that you've preserved so much of, so many of us, and we're all still here gathering uh, and singing and worshiping and trying to, to grow in God and listen to be closer to you. Uh, be with us now as we stand and sing, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. And if you would, please stand. Jesus is calling.